When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast is brought to you by VividSeats.com. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. We would love playing music at home and jamming with friends, but there's something special about getting out there in the crowd with your favorite band's show. Vivid Seats wants to help you see your favorite bands in concert from classic rock to heavy metal and everything in between. Vivid Seats is your source for concert tickets at a great price. And today the deal is even sweeter as Vivid Seats are offering Guitar Nerds listeners an exclusive discount. Just go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter promo code GUITARNERDS, one word, for 10% off your first ticket order. The offer is good through to the end of August and for first-time customers only. There's no better way to catch your favorite bands and guitarists than being there in the crowd, experiencing it live. Vivid Seats will help get you there with promo code GUITARNERDS for 10% off your first order. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Jay Cross. Hello. And Matthew Knight. Hello there. And this week we're, uh, we're talking about some exciting new relics uh, from a company that don't normally relic. And we're going to have a crack at the pedal board market and work out what board is right for you. And discuss the magical capabilities of magnetic electricity but first of all (laughs) matt knight you've been buying a lot of uh, new stuff this week i've been getting all the stuff um unlike me you know it's been been rather dry recently i haven't really bought anything and then all of a sudden i went mental um i bought a bunch of stuff so i think we mentioned it last week i bought an electroharmonics memory man did i did we talk about this you think i'm sure we did i think we did yeah um so an old reissue from the 2000s, which is something I've been after for a while. I mean, who would have thought all those pedals that I saw in wooden boxes when I worked at GAC would eventually be worth <laughs> tons of money? So um, I'm, I'm not 100% familiar on the, the Deluxe Memory Man and why it's such a sought-after pedal. What makes it so much better than the, than the current Memory Man, which, which, if anything, has fallen out of favour or been, been outdated in comparison to yeah. the other, other cool things you can it's, get? Um, it's definitely... Um, 
So the old big box ones were analog, and I, I think the modern ones are still all analog, but there's a particular set of delay chips which is found in a bunch of old analog pedals, like the old DM2s, called the MN3005. It's like the holy grail chip, right, for analog, for analog delay. And uh-huh. there was a period in is the... That early- like a, is that like a chip, the same sort of thing that you would... You you would get like a, is it like the the bucket brigade a modern version of that? Well, a bucket brigade is like the term for the chip, and then right, this is okay. like the model number of the chip. Okay, right. so so this three thousand and five MN three thousand and five is a bucket brigade chip. Yeah, but yeah. it's just a specific type. It's just a specific one. Okay, and yeah, they put them in a bunch of old analog pedals. So all of the like early DM twos <laughs> that people say sight of the best and some of the really old memory mans the ibanez ad9 as well yeah so a lot of those all those classic analog delay pedals run on that that chip because obviously at the time when people were manufacturing these pedals they were like we're going to make an analog delay we need a bucket bag grade chip we'll buy an mm 3005 or whatever so when uh, uh electroharmonics came to reissuing it in the early 2000s or late 90s early 2000s they did a run of memory man Men, memory men, um, memory mans, which I don't think they actually really promoted at the time, but it had that 3005 chip in it. Um, and then they moved production, obviously, when they ran out of those chips to a different bucket brigade chip, and then they discontinued that huge big box, and then they went to the, the XO range, which is the range that's there out now. And when I was doing a bit of digging, because I started seeing them pop up quite a lot on eBay, and you, you notice this when things start to like reach ridiculous prices, because people are like, I've got one of them, I'm not using it. I'll, I'll sell it and whack the price up. So on average, they're going for like 350 to 400 if not slightly more, depending on the condition. Blimey. Which is crazy, because, I mean, they were about £190, I think. No, it might have been a little bit more. And they run a 24-volt supply, which is also ridiculous. <laughs> um, and But I didn't realise there's two versions, one with a, a slightly different knob on it, and they're the ones that have got the 3005 chip in it. And I was out with... Um, Amy, my partner, and we were we were like drinking cocktails, and I was just she went to the toilet, and I was like, oh, I got a thing, one of these Electronics Memory Man. I'm watching is about to finish, and it was only like a hundred quid. I was like, oh, I'll, just, I'll stick like a hundred and fifty quid on it, and won it. And then I read it, and it was like, oh, it's uh, it's like actually slightly broken. I was like, bugger. <laughs> so I've just spent a hundred and fifty. That's why you should always read the description, and not that's why you should never go on eBay drunk. I know, I know, I've made that mistake several times. Um, so I got it, and he was like, oh, well, actually, it was working fine until I opened it up. And then when I closed it back up, it stopped working properly. And I was like, okay, so it's probably an easy fix. Got it, tried it. Sounds great, but it's a little distorted on um, the repeats. So I did some digging, and it turns out that they, they just need fine-tuning every now and then. There's loads of trim pots inside. And I was like, hmm, do I take my screwdriver to this and mess around with it myself? And I'm like, I'll definitely bugger it. I've done that before. Just like, oh, there's a trim pot in here. I'll just turn that, and then, like you've totally ruined an, an entire pedal. Um, so I spoke to Stuart Tate. and was like, oh, you repair pedals. Do you fancy a go at doing this? And he went, no, but you should speak to Adrian Thorpe at Thorpe Effects. He's just so that's like, Stuart Tate from Tate Effects and Adrian yes. Thorpe from Thorpe Effects. Yes. Um, and he was like, oh, he's just bought a new oscilloscope and he can actually like fine tune it to their recommendations. I was like, hello, sir. I hear you, uh, I hear you fix memory men. Potentially, and um, memory, we'd mans. Been ha- memory mans. We'd been having a conversation previously about some other bits, and I've sent that off to him to be repaired. So I'm very excited to get that back because 
even though it does take up most of a pedal board, it sounds awesome. And because it's all analog chorus and vibrato in there as well, so it's analog oh, delay really? and analog chorus and vibrato. Oh, that sounds like everything I've ever wanted. Yeah, it's it's like um, I think Russian circles use it quite a lot for their kind. Oh, of, cool. Yeah, oh, a lot I love of people. Those boys. A lot of people set the feedback really high, but the blend down really low, so it's just always in the background, just making a nice washy sound. So I'm looking forward to getting that fixed. And from talking to um, uh, Adrian at, at Thorpey, um, I was like, oh, I'm really looking for a new low-gain overdrive. I've been using my Boss SD1. I was like, oh, just, yeah, I want something different. He was like, oh, you should try the, the Peacekeeper drive that I made. And he sent it to me, and it is absolutely incredible. He was like, if you like it, you know, just tell people about it. So I was like, I must tell people about this pedal. It's basically a clon with more EQ. Really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Really what, nice. So what are the EQ options? So it's clever. It's got its gain and volume which you expect and it goes from it goes from clean boost to heavy drive and it reminded me of the first time i plugged in the roadrunner from Ecoline. you know it does that kind of clean boost with no kind of character change to something that does way more heavy drive with with tons of volume um you've got a presence control that works pre if i remember right it's a presence control that works pre-gain and then treble and bass that work that are active that work post-gain so it's set out a little bit like an amplifier section. So you can tailor the kind of EQ of the drive and then boost or cut the treble afterwards. So it's oh, that really, sounds cool. Yeah, so it's really cool for just like, it's one of those pedals where you sort of set a low gain sound, you boost it up a bit and it just makes everything sound better. And then when you've played with it 15 minutes, you're like, oh, I forgot, I'll just, I'll just turn it off and then everything just sounds worse. So it's, it's a really <laughs> nice um, make gooder and especially just if you want a, something with a bit more drive as well i think that's nice just having a quick look this actually doesn't look like it's a new pedal at all no um, it's not i i just because we, we spoke to him at the birmingham guitar show right and i think he had and we just saw released the compressor at the time yeah and his i think he was talking about the medic which is his buffer boost eq but he turned up at nam and was like it's so loud i can't hear anything Really I'm sure it was. A, I thought it was the compressor he released at Nam because that was the point of, yeah, of him being yeah, like. Maybe. There's literally. I, what's the point? I can't demo a compressor at <laughs> Nam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and then there was a whole bunch of other stuff, and I just I'd sort of forgotten how long he's actually really been making pedals. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's not as long as obviously some of the really big companies, but it's still quite a while in that boutique world. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, and really they've certainly got a, a, a really unique design as well. Yeah. And and just the fact that uh, he's managed to be a boutique company that have kind of uh, not gone along with this trend for making pedals work on pedal boards. I mean, it's a completely unique shape and, and, and a yeah. relatively awkward size as well. But I, lo I really love that that's what makes Thorpe FX so, so unique. Well, I guess it's, you've got to stand out, right? And I, and I, and I think... If you like it, you'll make it work. And it will still fit on like a pedal train nano, so it won't go. Oh, over really? Because yeah, so it, it looks so long. Because, no, yeah, it's listeners, not as big if you... As you think, right. if you look at the photos online, you're like, ah, oh, that looks a bit chunky. It's not like yeah. massive. It's still pretty listeners, big, but it's not massive. Listeners, if you haven't seen uh, Thorpe FX pedal, they're, uh, they're, they're chrome with like colored end pieces, and they're very long with an angled. Uh, section with the with the foot switch on, and then the the controls a little further up. But they really they were they were a very unconventional shape for uh, for a pedal, but uh, certainly today. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know where. He, I'm, I'm guessing he's had them all custom made. I mean, I think he still makes everything himself as well. I might be wrong on that. I mean, you might have some people that help him, but I've definitely uh, been following him on Instagram and, and Facebook, and there's a whole bunch of stuff. I think he's building them in like massive batches, and you right. uses really high quality components. So it's definitely worth, um, definitely worth checking out. I'm sure a bunch of listeners have, have tried Absolutely. this stuff before but the peacekeeper because you think low gain overdrive you're like oh well what would i really use it for but if you want like a good make good or a slash clean boost or even a little bit of an overdrive that's not like a marshal in a box it's a, it's a really good nice little option Absolutely. And and of course, I appreciate that this is supposed to be guitar nerds and not pedal nerds, but that's that's not the end of your um, your pedal acquisitions for this no, week. Um, I also got sent a bunch of new stuff from JHS. Um, so the whole range of new things they released, I think at Winter Nam. So the Andy Timmons Plus, uh, which is the new, um, or the At Plus, uh, which is their kind of, I, well, I, I say Marshall in a box, but it's based on his modded angry charlie that was then sort of based on the boogie he uses with a with a boost in it as well which is really nice it's like a dual drive um the bonsai which is wicked um if you like tube screamers because it's got nine tube screamers in it <laughs> uh, <laughs> it uses the same circuit style as the muffuletta which was the big muff one that they'd done before yeah, I remember um, that. And it covers the TS9, uh, covers a couple of modded ones. It's got an OD1 setting in there um, and a couple of, like, weird... It's got a TS10, so loads of people are like, oh, I've got to have a TS10 because John Mayer plays a TS10. Um, it's got a TS10 in it, uh, which is good for some people. Uh, Unicorn, which is their Univibe with Tap Tempo. Emperor, which is their Analog Chorus with Tap Tempo. And the Panther Cub, which is their Analog Delay with Tap Tempo. Um and modulation, which was um, which is pretty cool, and the oh, modulation excellent. can be controlled with an expression pedal. I'm telling you, I'm modu modulated delays are absolutely the the go to, the must have thing at the moment. I, I, I don't well to be honest, I don't know why you'd ever want delay without uh, without sort of modulation capabilities these but days. But having the tap tempo is wicked because obviously it's really nice to be able to have an analog delay like a carbon copy and then go, oh, well, I'm going to tap tempo. Obviously, MXR resolved that in in the deluxe version, um, but yeah. this is like mxr pedal size a little bit bigger than that really? um it's got a nice eq on it which i find really good if you want bright or or really dark repeats oh so is the layout the same as the pink panther yeah in that it's case it's exactly the, the same as the pink the panther but tempo, it's right. um analog basically Amazing. but what's really cool which i didn't realize is the tap tempo input can also be a slave output to other pedals like some of their other range so if you go into the i don't I'm, I'm sure the pink panther must do it as well but say for example with the panther cub you go out of the tap tempo output into the tap tempo input of another one of their pedals and if you tap the tempo on one it oh, slaves nice. it to the other that's cool. so your chorus and your delay will always be in time basically. amazing that's super cool and your uni vibe and you know delay or whatever so that that was um that's a really really neat little feature actually really yeah, especially neat. if you know some people are using you know want more than one of their pedals and it's like well if you want to use both at the same time you don't want to have to tap the tempo on two well so. presumably it, it wouldn't just work with jhs pedals because if it's all it's doing is sending a pulse then yeah. it, it, it should work with anything that's got yeah. a that's got a tap in I've, I've not tried it actually but i've got a um an old boss dd5 um which tap tempo input so i might try it with with that i tell you what's a, a really neat little feature actually is i don't know if you've um if if you've seen these joe but 
uh, each of the each of the actual switches itself is different. So you've got a slightly different switch uh, for the tap tempo than you do for the bypass switch. So uh, yes, um, it's, it's the same on the um, on the Pink Panther. What's the Pink Panther called now? Um, Lucky Cat. Lucky Cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah, is yeah, actually yeah. always its name in Japan. Oh right, okay. And then they got a cease and desist from MGM. Whoever owns yeah, whoever, the Pink whoever Panther. Yeah, whoever owns the Pink Panther, yeah. Yeah, yeah really neat. Yeah, very, it's very touch, cool. It's a soft-touch switch for the um, tap tempo. But yeah, I, very I cool really indeed. liked, the one I've played with the most is is the At Plus, the Andy Timmons, because the boost is pre-overdrive section, and it's slightly driven. So it's like having a low-gain overdrive and then into a driven amp, so you're boosting the front end of an amp. What's the switch do? The um, switch, the, the mini switch. The sw- it's funny because they don't mention it in the manual. They don't mention it on the website. You have to go to the older model to see about it. But it goes between um, 150 or 25 watts. So I can't remember what boogie he uses. I think he uses a... It's, a, not a, Mark, it's not a it must Mark, be a Mark, Mark 5? I don't know if it is a Mark 5. I, I want to say there's another boogie out there. I think it's a, oh, it's a Lone Star. Okay. So he uses a Lone Star, which has a 50-125 switch, uh, and it's modelled on that. So what you... Oh, okay, right. It's so modelled on, on, model on the headroom of, the, uh, of, of that amp. Okay, of the, that's uh, cool. Yeah, of, uh, and it runs on 9 or 18 volts. Okay, so, cool. But yeah, it's, you go to the 100-watt mode, it's slightly more open-sounding and it's got a little bit more gain. 25 is actually less gain uh, and a little bit more compressed. Weird. But that is still super cool. Well, what a fantastic week in effects. Um, Before before we move on to news, because there are some cool things in the in the news this week. But before we move on to that, it's been quite a big week for Brighton, the uh, the 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 city of origin for guitar nerds, because, of course, it was uh, it was gay pride this weekend, which is is probably the the biggest event every year in uh, in Brighton. And this year, bigger than any other, because Britney Spears was uh, was was playing for for what I understand was the first time since something like 2007. What? Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, apparently so. First, what, first in UK England show. Apparently in... so. Apparently so. First wow. show in England. Um, so, yeah, so it's been absolute carnage in uh, in town it's been completely fantastic i am indeed suffering something like a a two to three day hangover <laughs> now but uh, but also the uh, the the day before uh, gay pride it was um popular youtuber rabia massad's uh, birthday it was his 30th birthday bash so he hired out brighton electric which is a big old studio mansion where the cure rehearse in uh, in brighton and he he hired that out and uh, and put on bands uh, including my band, I got to play, and uh, Rubia made the mistake of saying, "Well, I'll uh, as payment, I'll, 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 I'll foot your bar tab," which was very <laughs> lovely of him. Unfortunately, I did spend one hundred and forty pounds behind that, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I'm I'm sure he regretted. But it was very good. It was wonderful, and uh, it was really nice to see because he also played with his band Tosca, um, and they're now using. They've got a full like victory. Uh, amp backline and uh, and dark glass uh, for bass and their pedal boards were looking excellent. I'm afraid he is he is gig rig um, rather than ESA Matty um, and Strymon uh, was was sort of his uh, his reverb of choice on the board, but very 
very um, impressive and neat boards. And we had, after, after some of us played, there was a, a jam night where Britney Spears' guitarist turned up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's what? a really? <laughs> yeah, he's a Chapman artist. So <laughs> really, because <laughs> Rob That's was mental. there as well. So yeah, uh, uh, Rob Chapman was there, and he brought along Britney Spears' guitarist, and uh, <laughs> we had to play. Uh, we had, we we had to do like a jam night, which which essentially turned into a twelve-bar blues night Classic. and i think that's, uh, yeah that's joe joe oh, that's mate, what was... that's what jam night is like right, I, okay. d- I don't know what you were expecting <laughs> like as soon as you because you text us in the morning you were like oh yeah i'm doing a jam night tonight guys does anyone want to come along and we we're both like absolutely not what are you talking about <laughs> yeah like, i really wasn't sure what you were expecting like that's exactly what what it is it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't great i mean i have to be honest as nice as a, a fellow he was off stage britney spears guitarist whose name i've completely forgot really mistook uh the the concept of a jam night for being uh i stand at the front of the stage and solo whilst some of you guys can come on occasionally and play behind me right okay. <laughs> it was uh, very much that sort of uh, that sort of vibe but um but but yes it was uh, interesting to see an entire night full of um of uh, Chapman guitars and Victory amps and dark glass. Um, I, t- I tell you what, some of those dark glass uh, bass rigs are, are really, they sound great. And I was really surprised at how fantastic they sounded. And you love Class D, don't you? Well, this is the thing. I hate it. I hate it normally. And, and Dave, <laughs> Dave Hollingworth, the bass player for Tosco, he does have such a scoop sound, so it's absolutely not. Do you know, do you know I'm playing flat rounds now? Like, you know, I absolutely couldn't use his uh, his bass head at all it would have you, you wouldn't have been able to hear anything i was playing but um Going for that but yeah. classic fieldy tone yeah also <laughs> also before we jump into the news i'm learning a new instrument oh god the hurdy-gurdy no mate <laughs> the good old tin sandwich what is that the harmonica, the blues. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, I just started to Google tin sandwich. I wasn't sure what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, um, I got, got myself a full set of harmonicas. I'm, uh, I'm well set. on my way. Well, what, I needed every what? key. No, you didn't. You needed one key to start to see if you enjoyed it. Why are you buying everything? See, I I googled um, tin sandwich, and a lunchbox tin came up shaped like a sandwich. But then also this crazy thing, which I'm guessing. Is from America called Candwich, which is a sandwich in a can. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Fray Bentos or something. Yeah. And it, but it's got, like, it's got like a ring pool can. Oh, yeah. Oh, quick and tasty, God. ready to eat. The Candwich. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, at least this episode's name is sorted. So that's, uh, that's good news. Hey, do you know what else has happened this week? This is almost news, but it's not quite because it came out at NAM. But um, Tom Quayle and Martin Miller's signature Ibanez AZ have finally landed in oh, stores cool. in the UK. Yeah, I, I saw actually... the Anderton's picture. It looks great. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, I don't even know if these models are making it over to the States because I don't know what Tom Quayle and Martin Miller's impact is over there. Martin Miller's German and Tom Quayle's English. They're both uh, listeners, if you don't know them, they're kind of uh, jazz fusion guitarists, kind of session musicians. Tom, Tom Quayle is very much known as the, the legato master. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you may well have heard him. He was on, um, he was on a Guitar Nodes episode with me at Gitcon. Um, he's uh, he's a year got ago. crazy theory. He because I think he studied. Fantastic player. I think he's got like a master's degree or something in in jazz. He he tunes weird as well. He tunes in fourth. He does the yeah, same as right. um, I spoke about it with Alex Hutchins before, which actually theoretically makes perfect sense. But because yeah. no guitarist in the world has actually learned that way, it's a total and utter headache. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
Absolutely. But r really interesting to get those guitars in because um, the, the AZs have obviously been very popular. We certainly, th this seems to be a year of these kind of modern players' guitars. Almost always baked maple, uh, or roasted maple, whatever you want to, torrified maple, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, necks and, and fingerboards. And we've seen this like Charvel with their DK24s, obviously the James Valentine, um, and then, you know, the AZs, they're all following this 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 tack of being a modern guitar that's not too much. I guess, um, do we think, I mean, I've not really thought about it, but is it partly down to the stability over standard maple? Although maple is a really hard wood, so... You know, well, actually, because the because in the case of the Tom Quail and the Martin Miller, they're actually Ibanez Prestige, so the Japanese-made stuff. So, um, cool. The yeah, so the the necks aren't just uh, a roasted maple. Um, I I can't remember what they're called. Is it is, is something like uh, S Tech or I almost said V Tech, but isn't that the isn't that the sweary thing in the South Park movie? Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll I'll look up exactly what it is, but. Um, it's a it's a type of treatment on the on the wood that um, essentially artificially ages the wood, but it increases stability in the wood. The idea being, um, these guitars are designed for players who tour a lot, travel the world. They want to be able to take one guitar for everything. This should be a guitar that can stand flights, temperature changes, things like that, without too much of a need for a setup. So um, yeah, it's it, called. It, S-Tech. Yeah. yeah, that's right. S-Tech. Um, special roast. It's a special roasted treatment which increases the wood's stability, durability, water resist, water resistance. <laughs> Swear. And tolerant. Okay, yeah, I guess so, yeah. I was, I was just thinking about that Sum 41 video where like, <laughs> Dave Brownstown comes playing the solo outside oh, from the pool. So I, assume, I assume that's what they were talking about, you know. Yeah, he, I, I, he, you're, you're right. He, re he probably ruined that guitar doing that. So... Yeah. So it, and like, he wouldn't well, have done if he'd had this. Exactly. Absolutely. So if they want to do it again, you yeah, know, you need this How, in two deep. Two. The is Martin Miller. The, the Martin Miller's two two four nine. Which is, is it? They're, yeah, they're both. Oh. Well, they're they're Japanese made. They're prestige. So they're yeah, they're both around two thousand pounds. I don't know why I expected like eight nine nine. I guess no, I well. just had that in my mind because I just thought Ibanez. Because you don't, we don't often talk about high end Ibanez. Well, we talk about openers, and we talk about the mid-range stuff. We don't often talk about the super high-end stuff. Well, these are these are certainly. I mean, these are designed to be absolutely all you will ever need. So I kind of expect the the price tag, and certainly with cool features like the S Tech thing, I think is is great. Um, the Luminlay dot inlays, which of course are a feature on the on the on the DK twenty four as well by Charvel, and and certainly are turning up on more guitars that are designed for actual use at shows, and they yeah, I think, think all about the those things. Stuff comes with Luminlays now, exactly. And and in the case of the Tom Quail, the it comes with a a monkey pod top, which is it, which is a very unusual wood to have as a uh, as a top on a guitar, but super cool. I, I actually really love the subtle differences between the two models because of course the AZ in itself is um, a modern guitar but you know it's not too modern it's still you know it's still basically a really well put together strat or super strat and that sort of that sort of thing and it's interesting to see how two jazz fusion players have made that guitar slightly different if you think Tom Quayle he has very much that 80s that crunch sound that sort of lead I, I mean I, I hate that sort of sound that like driven jazz sound here's that but it's like you know rocky jazz sound whereas uh, Martin Miller, he does a lot of guest solos on on metal records as well as being a jazz fusion player. So there are subtle differences between you know someone who wants 
Rocky Crunch and someone who wants metal but are jazz fusion players. So like the Martin Millers are 24 fret, whereas the Tom Quails are 22. Um, it's an HH, um, both with the Seymour Duncan Hyperion pickups, but HH on the Martin Miller and, and uh, HSS on the on the Tom Quail. Uh, things like it's like a mahogany body on the Miller and I think it's Aldo with the monkey pod on uh on the quail. It's, no, I've never heard of that. Never heard of it before, no. I mean, Tom Quail was saying himself that he was recommended the monkey pod by Ibanez because he was looking for a wood that had a, a more traditional brightness. He wanted something on top of the alder to give it a modern look, but he didn't want it to take away from that traditional sound that he was looking for. I was just doing a bit of research on it. It actually seems dead cool. Um, it is uh, a really, really sustainable. It grows really fast. Um, so just, blah, blah, blah. uh, monkey, monkey pod wood is thought to be named after the monkeys that used to gather below its canopy and eat the seeds, uh, eat the seed pods of the tree. The tree is a nice story. The tree is fast growing about 1.5 meters a year and up to 24 meters tall. Um, and because it grows so quickly, it's a very sustainable hardwood. So yeah, really cool. Yeah. Cool. Not heard of, not heard of this before. So be keen to pick it up and see, you know, so how how is it? Is it heavy? No, I would say in 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 both cases, both guitars were were actually, you know, the the Miller might have been slightly heavier, but were both considerably sort of lightweight. I mean, one thing I love about the AZ is that neck profile is like a, it's like a no caster, like it's big and right, thick okay. and deep. It's a chunky, chunky neck, and I think that's that's quite unusual for me. The the DK twenty four, the Charvel DK twenty four, mm-hmm. felt very much like the James Valentine, which is that like really small, like small, but almost narrow, still not shallow, but small. Like both of those guitars felt to me a bit like toys, not in a bad way. They just felt very small. Whereas this was a big, chunky baseball bat neck, which is certainly not what you expect on something that's aimed, which is trying by its nature to be a modern player's instrument. I thought it was unusual for two players known for sort of their, um, you know, their virtuosic, um, legato playing you know to 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 go for something like that yeah joe i also noticed just quickly since you work at gac you've got a second hand laney lionheart head in stock at the moment which is one of the made in britain ones yeah that's a cracking amp yeah fantastic especially made in england as well yeah, wonderful amps when they were when they were made. They were, here. Yeah, they were amazing, amazing. If that's a combo, I, I might have bought that. Well, I, I'm in Brighton um, tomorrow, so I might go and check that out. No, you absolutely should. You absolutely should. Well, um, I, I think at this point we should probably um, crack on with a healthy portion of news. Here's the jingle. You're listening to the Guitar Nerds podcast. This is the news. So. Starting off the news. Oh, I haven't thought about what order we're going to do this in, but um, let's start with you, Matt. Now, let's talk about guitars, seeing as we've talked about effects so much. Um, exotic, exotic guitars. Uh, we, we rarely talk about these guys. They've, uh, they've just launched a really interesting new line of guitars called the California Classics. Yeah, so but they are a brand that we haven't really talked about a lot of, and I really want to go and try some because... I've only seen them at shows. I've seen them online. I've seen the specs. And at first I was like, is it just another S-type, you know, trying to be custom shot? How dare you? How can you <laughs> say that? A man, a man who actually bought a Freedman 
a man who's nearly bought Sirs. Well, How nearly, can you possibly worth. talk about? I know that this is the thing. I'm like, oh well, what may you know? You know, I'm just saying on f- on first look, and then you delve into it a bit more, and you and you look, and he can hear really... me scowling. That's why. Yeah. That's why, Joe. He can hear me fine. scowling. But then yeah, I went on their website, and I was like, guitars currently available now. Exotic California Custom uh, XSC One in shell pink. I'm like, well. I'm sorry. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> I saw that as well. It was like they, it was like they knew what we were going to be talking about it. They're <laughs> listening to us. Um, and I mean, the thing you know, the thing about them in whole uh, as a whole is obviously really premium woods. We're going back into you know, kind of some of the you know flamed maple and and things like that as well. Uh, premium ash or weight relieved older bodies, nitro finish. They actually offer th- uh, four different finishing options, light, medium, heavy, and super heavy. I must admit, I'm not a huge fan of the really heavy relics. I it's still a- think Fender do it the best, and I think Fender will always do it the best. Well, I, I, I think it is um, It's definitely an, a different... I think it's important to know that this is quite a different type of relicking. Um, it definitely has its own look. This is a very... It, it's kind of keyed, is is sort of the way yeah, I would that's, describe that's- it. That's it's very thing, different from Fender. That's the thing that's always got to me is that with the the, the Fender relicking, and I think also the, uh, the to to a slightly lesser extent, depending on who's doing it. If it's Tom Murphy, then amazing. But the Gibson stuff as well, it just looks a bit more natural, which is what I which is weird. But that's what I want. Like I want a guitar that looks old. I I don't want to make it look old myself. Well, you know, I will eventually, but I. I need it to look natural, otherwise I just don't really get it. That's my only concern with these, is that it's not like natural not sure looking relic. I'm glad Fair you enough. said that, Matt, because I thought that, that was just me picking holes in it. No. Um, no, no it, I, I mean, it's, it's them picking holes in it, but, you know, it's... Uh... <laughs> I, I think... <laughs> um, so the California Classic is the XTC series. Um, you can actually custom order. Um, I think I'm, I'd have to dive into a bit more, but I think you can... They're yeah, a bit you like... Sir, in the sense that they do a bunch of custom run stuff. They do, um, yeah. And then they, they actually sell stuff direct off of Reverb as well. Yeah. At, at the moment, uh, as we record this, they have a, a California Classic and XSC1, which is their S-type um, guitar yeah. in a medium-aged shell pink, which is uh, for, yeah, for the, the very very reasonable sum, very reasonable sum of, uh, of, of £2,000. I don't know what the conversion is like to dollars yeah, at the moment. Who knows in this expensive. country? But the uh, basically, the XTC is their T-shaped one that comes in, yeah, as I said, premium ash body or a weight-relieved older body. Um, and I guess maybe the weight-relieving is there just as we were saying um, with the Tom Crowell, just to take a, maybe a little bit of the, the top end off. Yeah, because it, they can. Be, although ash can itself can be quite 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 bright. Um, and a roasted roasted flame yeah, maple 5A neck. A maple um, <laughs> and master grade options available. Now you have to always take that sort of thing with a pinch of salt because it actually comes down to the person that works at the factory or where they buy the wood from to grade it, and everyone grades it slightly differently. Um, because when I was at the Gibson factory, I don't know if they said the same to you, Jay, when you went before. There's one guy that grades all the wood. Yeah. So it's down to him <laughs> what he deems is. And that's why you look at some bits that are graded like 2A. You look at it and like, that's insane. Yeah. But then you look at some other bits. So, yeah, I think you always have to take that, you know, in some way. I'm sure if you ordered 5A, it's still going to look awesome. I mean, I saw a, I think, was it maybe when we were at NAM and we went to the factory, Joe, the Music Man factory, and there was a flamed maple neck that was so flamed 
that it looked like it a bunch 3D. of other frets. So you were like really confused where the frets were and then <laughs> where the, the lines were. You're like, oh, because obviously that's how they cut the grain. So it's always going to be like that. Um, Absolutely. Two different fingerboard options available, nine and a half or 12, which is quite cool. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and then a bunch of finishes. So I mean, standard finishes include butterscotch, sunburst um, and seafoam green, but their premium ones include vintage white, shell pink, burgundy mist, uh, candy apple green, candy apple red, and metallic purple. Candy um, apple green sounds exciting to me. Yeah, locking vintage tuners, which I think look quite cool. So they look like vintage tuners, but they're locking. Um, and then their own their own humbuckers. So and there's Fantastic. a bunch of different options for frets and yeah. I think it's it's that sur route of of custom ordering and well, absolutely. I guess but, if you, you know, want they're a little bit different but then again at the same time there's some great vendor custom shop stuff out there it's just of course different people offering different options on i mean at the at the two at the two thousand pound mark for a for a shell pink strat um I, you know i'm very happy with the with the price point for that as a as a relic version of a guitar what a, what a cool line of instruments and they do bass as well now i think don't they pro vintage bass they call it and they make effects. They make great effects. They do make fantastic effects. Yeah, the um, their their compressor. Maybe as well, we should um, try and get to a store and try some. I'd like to actually. I'm sure they'll they'll be amazing. But it's one of those ones I've seen. We've not talked about a lot, and I'm like, need to go and try a couple. Yeah, absolutely. Jay Cross, Cusack, Cusack yeah. have uh, have released a, a new reverb. Not John Cusack, popular um, star of hit movie High Fidelity. I was going to make a high fidelity joke. I had it in my head for ages and you've ruined it. You've ruined my segue. You could do a Ferris Bueller thing. Wait, was that John Cusack? No, that wasn't John Cusack. That was the other one. The guy who looks like him. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we're missing Mark. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 80s movie trivia. I don't know anything about films. I like Star Trek. Speaking of Star Trek... Patrick Stewart, Patrick Stewart confirmed for another season of the Next Gen, or like you know a reboot of of of, of Jean Luc Picard. Goodness me, that's what we should be talking about. Yeah, this is better than that time he took a photograph of himself outside a shop called Picard. That's my cover <laughs> photo on Facebook at the moment. I Wonderful. absolutely love that picture. But anyway, yeah, QSAC. So um, this is a company that I actually am not hugely familiar with, but of course as. Uh, as as ever the uh, the fountain of knowledge. When I said it that to Matt, he was like, "What? I've tried all those pedals. I've tried the uh, the tapper scream, the tapper tap, the tapper delay, the tapper fuzz, the tapper tapper doop tap." And um, yeah, but very weird. I don't I don't remember us talking about these before. So I Matt, perhaps there is a bunch of brands out there that we don't talk about very much that have been around for a long time, and this is one of them. Yeah. Um, apparently, he's known... Um, there was a recent JHS blog where someone asked the guy, um, Josh a question about Cusack, and apparently this guy is known as Mr. Tap Tempo in the pedal build as well because he's builds Tap Tempo into everything, including Tube Screamers, because yes. why wouldn't you want an analogue drive with a tap... Tap drive? I'm pretty sure that's oh there's one that adds in like a tremolo and stuff but anyway um i, I tell you I, I tell you what doesn't have uh 
<laughs> a great, great little introduction there from, from Mr. Tap. Um, I tell you what doesn't have tap tempo is the the new QSAC <laughs> resound yeah. digital reverb. Um, but what it does have is a bunch of presets um, and uh, it, it, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> Unfortunately, the, the, video that, uh, the video that I got to watch of it was at NAMM and it's just unbelievable unbearably loud unbearably loud um but you do actually get a really good uh feel for what the pedal can do um and there's a load loads and loads of options trails on trails off um i thought that one of the the cool options with this and i'm assuming this what it does there's a left bypass and a right bypass yeah and it doesn't make it clear in the manual whether and i'm assuming that it will go left will go into a left out Amp and right will go into right, so you can go into both. But then I think you can turn one on and then the other on, and it will switch between the two. I uh, I, was, don't I was trying think to. That's, I was trying to quickly read the manual or something. I don't to, think that's the case, actually. Uh, but maybe uh, I'm no, incorrect. Um, engage. Uh, engages the pedal in live mode or. Engages the pedal in live mode or engages the right preset. I think it's just two different presets that you've two got there. Two different presets, yeah. And then, yeah, so you can either have what you can have a preset on the left, a preset on the right, or you can um, work, but you've also got banks, which you can use, uh, which you can activate by pushing the uh, left button and middle button together. Or you can just put it into live mode where there's no presets. It's just, you know, you're just messing around with the pedal on the fly by doing the uh, doing the opposite of that. Um yeah, it, it looks amazing. It sounds fantastic. Loads of different, and like there was some also just some really nice uh, kind of generic, not generic, but like you know classic reverb sounds, like a nice room, a nice plate, an expansive cathedral type sound. Um, yeah, it, it, very very nice. Really it, really cool. It looks it looks like I really want to try it. I think it looks really interesting for a stereo reverb. I like there's a cascade control on there. You say trails, different presets. I like things with presets that can be accessed either on the pedal themselves or remotely via MIDI. We spoke about this before when we were talking about things like, I think maybe the flashback or the Ocean's Eleven or or something where it's like, it's great having all those sounds, but you tend to find one and stick with it and you you can't change them in a live setting where something like this, where you can cycle presets easily and save on the fly easily. To me, it's like, oh, that's great. I like having loads of sounds in those pedals because you can flick between yeah, them. because they're accessible. Yeah, yeah exactly. totally, totally. An awesome pedal. Boys, do you believe in magic? Okay. No. Well, you will do after <laughs> I tell you about Earthbound and their magically powered pedal board. All right, Nikola Tesla, calm down. Well, that's right. Earthboard... Um, pedal boards have uh, have made have harnessed the the power of uh, of rare earth magic how do they work and uh, rare, rare earth what sorry magic rare and earth rare earth rare earth what sorry magic have you joe magic. have you have you, have you actually i need you oh, i need you to, i need joe i need hold you to on. take a second and reread the Wait. title of of this company oh yes it says magnet magnet I thought it said magic yes oh that's ruined my idea that this whole thing was powered <laughs> well, I mean, from magic it's, no it's kind of no, it's fine fine magnets this are is a type of magic exa- this is how do they work okay so i i need to explain what this does this is a this is a pedal board um uh, that 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 is powered via 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 magic or magnets um so what you do is uh, you get each of your pedal boards and they come with um 
these uh, these things that they call um, uh, hover boots or something like that. Gravity that you, boots. Gravity boots. That's it. That you that you can attach <laughs> to the underside of your pedal, um, and that will allow your pedal to magnetically attach. Um, to the pedal board so uh, it means your pedals will stay where they are but of course you can easily remove them as you would sort of a, a magnet from your fridge and move the pedals around into um, into various orders and it comes with a uh, a, uh, a battery a, a power so you, you don't need to plug it into a wall this is a rechargeable battery that works on the same concept so you're literally attaching that to the pedal board by you know dropping it onto the uh, the pedal board itself, and it will light and because there's a blue LED that runs the the whole length of the of the pedal board, it will light and. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That pedal board and all of your pedals on that pedal board, which is awesome. And they do two sizes. They've got the Pro and the whatever the other one's called. So it's a 5 or and 11 um, pedal capability from normal normal size stomp boxes. But what an absolutely awesome... I mean, I was well into the Volto, the, uh, the pedal train Volto. Rechargeable power for your pedal boards. No cables. That's wonderful. Um, and this just seems I, I like, like the a, a step further. On the website, it says, here's a brief description of our system. Wires, gone. AC adapters, gone. Three models, cool. Yup, cool. <laughs> 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 um, I, I think it's nice to see more people doing the powered pedal board idea. I, I think the gravity boot thing is cool to kind of save on Velcro, but then the picture has Velcro on it and they're 25 bucks a pop. They are yeah. expensive. They are expensive. The powered pedal board thing I, I'm into. Um, we, we spoke about it when we came back from Summer Nam about the um, outlaw effects. Yeah. Powered pedal board. I was like, great idea. I think it's, a, it's the way forward for this sort of thing. As, as long as the power's clean, you know, it's a good supply. I think brilliant. I, I agree. I think this is a very, very cool uh, concept. And uh, Joe, with the greatest of respect to you, um, I think people probably need to go and have a look at this for themselves because it's Magic. a very it's a very difficult thing to to explain. explain. But yeah, it's basically, you by you, magic, it, you've got 
um, two metal runners on the pedal board, which A, act as the, the place for the magnets to sit on so that your pedals don't move, and B, act as a conductor for the uh, power supply. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you're not having to plug... You are still having to plug... You're, you're basically earthing your... And forgive me for maybe not using the correct electrical uh, like lingo here, but essentially you're, you're still plugging um, a, a power supply input into your pedals. You're then just like essentially earthing it to the gravity boots so that they can uh, pick up the current that's coming from the... Uh, the power supply so um, it really is something you need to look at for yourself because it took me a couple of minutes to understand exactly what I was looking at here I, I think gravity this is, boots I, I think this is a uh, I think it's a really really cool concept the only problem that I do have is they are seriously expensive seriously Six, expensive $649 for the most expensive one for the largest one um, now so, that is that is fierce money that is really really fierce money you're getting um, you get enough gravity boots and gravity boot tethers which are the power supply adapters for uh, 10 pedals um, which is you know that is probably okay for uh, for most people I would suggest but it this really does seem like um it's a it's a lot of money but it's a lot of money when you consider that their their promo video um uh, employs the font times new roman <laughs> well which yeah I, i'm I mean, not okay with it's um yeah I, i i think it's i think it's something that you you really need to go and have a look at for yourself i think it's a really cool concept um and i believe i saw that they patented it somewhere um so that's cool i think it's 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 great that you know there are uh new pedalboard companies coming out with new designs that are still patentable you know i think everybody sort of thought oh, okay well um you know now that nobody uh is able to make a slatted pedal board a slatted uh angled pedal board that's kind of the end of the game um i think it's, this is really cool really really cool and i, I, yeah. I think it'll be uh, interesting to see whether this takes off um but uh yeah awesome. very very cool. awesome i also really i also really like that uh one of the taglines here is the next generation of pedal boards because do you know uh something about the next generation star trek <laughs> the next generation that is um jean-luc picard is coming back uh say he's got a new pedal board and <laughs> he's just <laughs> his, uh yeah first magnetically powered uh starship enterprise it's, that's the new spin on the, uh, on the show drive. good old patrick stewart the car drive would be a the Picard oh, drive would be a great it. name for a pet. Sorry, I'll move away. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. RPS effect. Speaking of things Star Trekky, the oh, warp yeah. drive. The warp drive, Mister Scotty. <laughs> uh, yeah, warp the warp drive. Uh, first of all, and I know that we get uh, we get called out for saying this all the time, but the warp drive looks absolutely incredible. It also what sounds absolutely incredible. This is Nick Reinhardt in pedal form. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it is. It's it's a super super weird um, wavy uh, delay pedal oh. essentially. Yeah. Um, that you have got so that there's a control on there called warp and essentially what the warp uh, does is it, 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 it allows you to vary the um, if you turn it up it will 
basically track the delays to what you're playing, uh, kind of like a dynamic, uh, kind of like a dynamic uh, control, like similar to what you've got on the TC flashbacks. Um, but, um, or you can just have it set to go completely ballistic, which I also I think understand is how that works. How very, that very work? cool. Uh, I guess it's just taking the, it's taking, uh, I don't know because because it's all analog. So yeah, I was going to say maybe it's taking like a BPM rating, but or, well, BPM no, rating, I, I, unless it's, unless they're basing speed off amplitude as it were. So yeah, maybe if you yeah. play really slowly, you're probably playing softer. So it yeah. takes a lower input and makes the, delay time slower yeah because we, we've seen faster, that with we, we've seen that with a bunch of stuff like the even the boss dyna drive did um did that didn't it so yeah mm. it, but that was that they, those are all digital same as the um te2 uh, yeah terra, terra echo. echo yeah had that kind terra of melos terra melos yeah i had like the harder you hit it the more you get in kind of effects and stuff but that's all digital so how they're doing it in an analog sense i don't know but i watched the video i was like this thing sounds wicked and it, it sounds it fantastic, like, and it and like they say, it's it it's more crisp than some analog delays as well. It's not designed to be so analog that it sounds like an old tape. It's like it just trails off nicely, but then you've got this whole wacky kind of feedback sort of warp yeah. control on it. And what I really like about it is it's it's completely usable. You know, you you can get those absolutely ballistic. Um, mad Nick Reinhardt esque. Uh, uh, signal destroying uh, warp factor one billion uh, sounds out of it, but you can just like dial it back and just use it as like a wavy sounding uh, delay pedal. It sounds fantastic. You got two expression ins, uh, so you can affect the uh, the feedback all the time. I think it is. Uh, yeah, time and feedback. Yeah. Uh, no, the other is 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 where you plug your guitar in. I re oh. I realise that that might be a bit weird for you, Matt. But sometimes people I like never, to plug guitars never, into never plug their pedals. Guitar in. never. <laughs> um, so yeah, really really cool. And uh, the other pedal that um, RPS have announced is the Tremulous Maximus, um, which is uh, on the face of it a bit more uh, simplistic. Um, but you've got some cool little features on there. So you can, uh, it's, it's a tremolo pedal, um, a fairly compact size tremolo pedal, um, but you can switch between uh, square wave and triangle waves. Uh, and uh, you've got a fairly basic couple of controls on there uh, in uh, depth and rate. Um, but the uh, one of the really cool things about this is you have got um, the LED flashes kind of like it, this, like a translucent uh, part of the top of the pedal. So uh, depending on whether you're using the square wave or the triangle wave, it will flash one color or another. And basically the entire pedal, um, it, the entire pedal uh, will light up. But the real uh, crux of this pedal is the auto feature which I guess similar to the warp uh, control of the of the warp drive, uh, you can let this um, adjust the sp uh, adjust the speed of your uh, tremolo based off of how fast and how hard you're playing. 
so yeah, really, really dynamic, really, really cool. Um, sounds fantastic. And uh, again, looks amazing in a very different way. Um, but yeah, really, really couple of quality pedals. And again, maybe I'm sort of showing my ignorance here. Um, RPS effects, not a brand that I am familiar with no, at all. No, I don't no. think a brand that we've ever talked about, but but uh, definitely I'm totally digging these. I love that they're crazy and off the wall and, and still sort of with a, a sense of usability in mind there as well. Just having a quick look on the website, um, it looks like they've only got four pedals, uh, the Warp Drive and the Tremulous Maximus. Uh, then there's the Red Sun, which is a distortion, distortion fuzz, and the Bit Reactor, which is a down sampler slash bit crusher. Yeah, my so, favorite type of effect. I have to say, if the... Um, if the the relatively straightforward pedals in the delay and the uh, tremolo can go as completely balmy as they can uh, in these videos, goodness knows what the uh, the the bit crush is actually going to be doing. Um, very very keen to check that out. Very keen to check that out. Absolute madness. Um, there is one piece of uh, news remaining, but I would really like to get some questions done before we wrap up this week's podcast. What do you think, Matt? Can we hold uh, this bit well, of news actually, back for next week? Um, to be honest, uh, we were going to talk uh, briefly um, about the Waveform Destroyer Mark II from Death Boy Audio, but what we didn't realise until I did a little bit of diving, it was actually a bit crusher with 2048 options limited to 50 pieces at $500 a piece and they have all sold they have <laughs> indeed yes it was it was a, a limited run reissue of the um, of the wave form destroyer but, yeah um, so it looks dead cool check it out on the website death Bro audio makes some wicked pedals the guy behind the company i've met him he is super nice and um yeah they make things like the supersonic fuzz gun yeah, they make some great pedals. Right, we're going to move on and do some questions. Here's the jingle. Questions. So, Riley Raggett. Raggett? Riley Raggett? Riley Rago. Whatever. I reckon, says, I reckon probably Rago. I don't know. Riley Rago. I was about to chastise you for getting one of our listeners' names incorrectly, but then I've totally dropped myself in it. So yeah. please accept our apologies, uh, Riley. Riley. Riley says, hey, folks. Um, so I'm in the market for my first pedal board. I'm sure it's been discussed at length on a few podcasts, but what are everybody's thoughts and experiences with the Pedal Train versus the Voodoo Lab pedal boards? Um, those are the ones... I have access to through a local shop. I like the Voodoo Lab boards uh, that they have uh, the option to come with a power supply. That, that certainly is useful. Uh, but to me, it seems like the full slats on uh, a pedal train would be better than the pre-cut uh, pre ones on the, on the Voodoo Lab boards. Also, he has a semi-local option um, in Maple Rock uh, pedal boards, a little Californian um, pedal board manufacturer. But he thought he'd Can still Cana consider... Canadian. That's what I said. No, no, it's not. No, it's definitely not what I said. <laughs> uh, but he thought he'd still uh, consider um, Pedal Train and uh, and Voodoo Labs as well. So I guess last week we were, well, I guess it was on the Patreon, we were talking about Pedal Train and the Pedal Train Junior as being sort of the the thing we would go to. And certainly, you know, even we've mentioned on this podcast, you know, yes, the, uh, the angle board with slats is definitely, there's a reason they patented that. It's because it is... Uh, the easiest and most versatile way for you to put pedals on a board. But what do you think? I love the uh, the new Voodoo Labs 
uh, pedal boards. I think they're really great. I actually think Mono have, have got a dog in this race now. I think their new boards are fantastic. Do you know what's great about Mono's boards? The cases. They, they, they do a stainless steel version. That looks cool, like a brushed aluminium board as well as a uh, as well as a, a, a blackboard it's funny uh, not, really, not a blackboard it? but a, a black colored metal <laughs> it, it, board. It, it, it's funny because you uh, it's like um you know companies like maple rock i'm just looking here or older and ash um, who i've been dealing with recently for um some like custom wood boards is that once you put loads of pedals on it you only really see the back and the side so if you're going to go for a pedal board that looks nice then go for something that's made of wood that at least looks good. I think the stainless well, steel ones we... look cool, but once you've got a load of pedals on it, you're never going to see it. That's true. That's true. And and, and to to explain to our listeners a little bit about um, about Maple Rock uh, as a company, they uh, they make some really nice looking boards. They even have an online uh, pedalboard builder as well. And the prices aren't aren't too bad, really, in comparison to kind of I, th- I think what you get from the from the major companies i really think i'm i really don't like the the big brands for pedal boards at the moment because i, I think they put some slatted aluminium in a cheap cheap soft case and they charge 300 quid for it and and think that's a pedal board whereas you've got these uh, these great little companies that are making those little those little boxes on the side which makes such a difference being able to root everything having a through, patch box yeah, a little patch box, like built into the board and having cool options like, you know, who doesn't want a tweed pedal board? Yeah, I mean, that um, looks absolutely astonishing. Just looking at it now. What was the name? If you can, you guys might not be able to remember, but there was a, a pedal board company about a few years ago that were doing, that were one of the first ones to start doing these like custom pedal boards. Uh, there was a guy, the main guy from the company had this huge beard and they did loads of stuff like in all these weird like Tolexes. Yeah, like, I know, I know what you words. mean. And I just suddenly thought, I've just, I've not seen those guys, but hundreds of other people have jumped on doing Absolutely. this, this, well, this sort this, of thing. This, uh, when, I, when I saw these, uh, these Maple Rock um, boards, it reminded me of a company that we're, we're just starting to deal with um, at GAK, who I think, uh, I think uh, uh, they're, they're from Ireland. Um, uh, Ruach, 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 Ruach. Uh, R-U-A-C-H, Ruach Music. And uh, they, they make they make fantastic um, sort of looking boards. Again, you can get that tweed board. You can get you can get it in, uh, they, they have like cashmere, which is just like a really nice wood. They do these black Tolex, red Tolex, the wood with speed stripes running through it. They all look absolutely fantastic. I don't know, I, I, I'm unclear on some of these sites as to whether or not you get any form of carry case with, with well, I some think of some it's of them. Um, I think like Creative Creation Music Company. Um, there was another one you can buy like a soft bag, or some of them um, they actually build, you know, like a tweed board, for example. But then the lid will also be part of the board, which will also be tweeded as well. It's like um, Schmidt Array do that. They build well, the that's, board. Well, that's that's certainly cool. I, I really like the idea of boards where you're not lifting the board out, where the case forms part of the board. That kind of makes sense to me. That's, yeah. that, that, that's um, cool. A classic uh, one for that as well, as I always remember from years ago, is, and I think they're still going, is trailer trash pedal boards. And they made the glow top boards. So they were like perspex topped and then they had an LED underneath. So when you plugged them in the whole thing like lit up from underneath which is pretty pretty nuts yeah that's super cool um but that's super cool going back to like more commercially available ones i saw one of the voodoo labs ones today actually um and i really liked it as a design i was like it makes more sense for people who have lots of mini pedals 
or pedals of odd sizes? Because we spoke about this before, um, Joe, I think, when you're talking about the Novo series from Pedal Train, where the rails on the Novos are designed at the front for smaller pedals, but at the back, they're too wide. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a design flaw that they that they just don't have to rectify because they've got monopoly on the market. Yeah, so I, the Voodoo Labs ones, I think this called the Dingbat. I think is their is their name. That's for right. Those. Yeah. Um, it's just like predetermined, like drilled holes. And like, to be honest, once you velcroed the top, I don't think you'll notice much of a problem with it. Um, no. You're still probably putting stuff, it, you know, in lines rather than just random places. Um, and it's just nice to be able to feed feed the cables underneath the Absolutely. Voodoo Labs power supplies are, are really good because um, I, I think that's another thing that changed right with pedal train they changed the brackets that didn't fit yeah well actually Voodoo Voodoo Labs, Labs. this is uh, uh, this is quite a big thing that pedal train did that they really got away with um, they started doing their own power supplies obviously they had the um oh what do they call the the volto but they released the spark as well which is their yeah. um their proper uh, power supply the problem is it's, it's actually not very good um, it, it's it's like a fuel a fuel tank junior in sort of comparison a T Rex fuel tank junior that sort of thing so it really can't deal with many pedals and it's not isolated so it's really not great um, but they released that changed all their boards and the brackets so that essentially unless you're buying a spark you are going to have some effort fitting a power supply onto the bottle of a uh, onto the bottom of a, a pedal trailer and I think that's whilst I understand their choice to to do that to try and dominate the market for power supplies it's it's um it's a it's a bit ridiculous i don't like that you can't fit a power supply onto a, a board easily i mean certainly the only thing i think it affects really is voodoo labs because whilst voodoo labs i agree with you voodoo labs power supplies are very good they're still very old school they're large they're heavyweight i mean i guess it, it affects true tone as well because they're large and heavyweight but if you look at if you look at the uh what, what's the strymon one called the odd the ouija yeah, whatever the Ouija and uh, the uh, um, the um, MXR one that's really good, the DC brick. Um, they're both of those are small enough and lightweight enough that you could velcro those to the underside of a board without too much trouble. Yeah, but uh, yeah. But yeah, I think the thing is, pedal, they've just been around for so long that that's the go-to. But there's. Um I'm still fighting Friedman's corner. I, I still really like those Friedman pedal boards. I think the the soft bags they came in were fantastic, heavy duty. Um, the the boards look great. My only problem is because of the nature of the, the two tier nature of the uh, Friedman boards means that it's not deep enough um, for an HX effects at the front, and it's so deep that if you're using something like an MS3, it's it's a lot of wasted space at the front yeah they're um, also really expensive yeah 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 i guess they are i think they're very cool yeah it's it's, tri <laughs> it's it's a tricky one really i mean you know i've i've spent money on various boards and various different things and you know i still love the custom pedal boards flight case stuff is very expensive it's kind it's of plain looking but it's really good um I don't know. There's just there's a bunch of options. I mean, I really like the pedal boards I'm using now, which are the the Waji pedal boards, Waggy pedal boards. Um, but I, pff, thing is, Voodoo Labs are cheap and um, pedal trains cheap and cheerful. <laughs> I think it's yeah, funny, really. I, th I think it's funny. You know, I, I seem to remember at Gear of the Year last year, we were saying, you know, the last couple of years have been sort of the rise of the the boutique pedal builder i wonder what will be coming next and I, I really feel like this year we've just seen loads and loads of new pedal board brands well, coming out 
do you know what was funny? Because while we, while we were talking, I was like, I was trying to remember the name of this brand because I remember a few, maybe about five years ago, there was only one pedalboard brand that made these wood pedalboards and they did a bunch of different options, crazy woods. And um, I hadn't seen them for a while. Salvage custom pedal boards. Oh, How yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I just found here a post on TalkBase um, from 2017 where the guy actually basically said loads of people in the industry in 2016 had a really bad time. And I basically put loads of money in at the end of 2015 and got burnt and lost all my money, lost all my employees and basically went bankrupt. Damn, um, which sucks. But and then from that, obviously, so many people have been inspired that now that's it's there's a whole rise of companies doing doing stuff like that. And I can't imagine it's easy because there's so many different woods and so many different options. I mean, we ran into last NAM, not this year, but last year. There was Creation pedal boards that are doing some really good stuff. Um, obviously, there's this Maple Rock company. I think there's, I want to say, Sergeant Peppers pedal boards in the uk um i've been dealing with uh rich i think he worked at gack for a little bit he's doing old Ash pedal boards oh so, yeah they're fantastic um so he's been doing some great stuff um so there's a bunch of great bands that if you want to go for something cool and you know want to go something that looks good the only problem is my only warning is always go bigger than you need because you'll get a small pedal board it will look cool it'll be exotic woods or whatever and then you'll go I really want to swap that carbon copy out for a DL4 and then that's it. You're ruined. You've got a pedal board that's too small that costs you $400, basically. Yeah, that is the the fundamental problem with small boards. Always go big. That is my recommendation as well. Well, gentlemen, this uh, this has led us pretty much up to the end of the podcast. So uh, that's all from us here. But we will be continuing over on the Patreon episode of the Gitanos podcast. Um, where this week uh, I think we are going to be talking about switches and multi-effects and the benefits and limitations of such things as the Helix, the MS3, the ES5 and 8, the Octo Switch, the Kemper, the Headrush and many, many more. Yes, that's right. Um, and uh, and uh, you, give, you can support us on the Patreon uh, for as little as $1 a month. Um, $1 a month gets you the regular episode ad-free and early. $5 a month gets you an extra half an hour every week, plus access to bonus features and mini-series such as Branton's Ranton. $10 a month makes you one of our executive backers, granting you access to everything already mentioned, plus the prestigious honour of having your name read out in one breath by me. Oh, <clears throat> what are we going to do? We're going to do uh, Star Trek The Next Generation theme. Okay, that makes sense. You know that, so I don't. You go. Well, but I'm going to do it re-stretched like that YouTube video. Okay. You I'm ready? not actually. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, I might need to move the mic back a little bit because okay. I right, think I'm I'll just going to start. Loud. Da, 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 da. No, okay, that's that's, bit... that's that's really loud. Really. That, really sorry, loud. that was meant to be a joke. Loud. I, I was meant to be a joke. I just didn't. Um, I, I'm just not very funny. So it didn't come across as a joke. It came across as me being a bit mean. Sorry, Joe. That's that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Da, 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 da.
Stephen Conrady, Scott Hamilton, Ivor John Mercos, Marin Peters, Golden G, Richard III, Sean Orbold, Joshua Mitchell, Chris Wolfman, Cuthbert, Son, Ryan McDermott, Robert Cousins, Rob Gould, Nate Nagel, Tucker Everton, Ernie Cooper, Henry James Baker, Christoph Ramsip, Zane Omar, Matt Roberts, Dave Lee, Derek Pritzer, Martin Cliff, Matt Davis, Aaron Sherman, Blake Wild and Jake Gray, Christopher Loseth, Juan Correa, Scott Kennedy, Robin Smith, Rob Nordvik, Rob Grant, Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Carlos Manta, Steve Merkel, Blair Toms, Mark Cross, Brad Page, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Laurie Anstis, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Phil Thompson, Boo Gravit, Colin Anderson. That wasn't too bad. We nearly, we nearly like got it in time. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. wondering if there's a t-shirt idea that just says Colin Anderson and then the O just wraps all the way around the t-shirt. <laughs> That's a genius idea. Yeah, that is a great idea. Actually, we are going to be commencing a new uh, challenge from next week. I was going to uh, do it this week, but honestly, I just didn't have the time to write the names out. It has been suggested on the uh, Guitar Nerds Facebook forum, um, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum, that um, I would be incapable of reading out every single name on the back of an Ernie Ball I pack did see of that. strings. I think now, yeah, go on. I was going to say, is that, is that not like a Patreon challenge, I think? Uh, I mean, potentially. I'm, I am I sort of did a rough count up, and I think there are a hundred names on there. So um, it's, it's... You're not going to be able to do that. Maybe not. Maybe not, but I, I'm I'm going to try. I think it would be a great effort. So I think um, I think not this week, but I think next week. Um, that's it, that's going to be the week for it. I am it's going gonna be, to. It's going to be a segment on the podcast. <laughs> no, it's just that's the that's the podcast. That's the... <laughs> you, well, you just have to keep going until you get it done. Yeah, like, absolutely. But you have to start at the beginning each time. That that is exactly what we're going to do. I... Right. Yeah, go on. Sorry, I'll let you finish. Yeah, okay. I, I was going to wrap it up. I was just going to carry on talking about this. I thought it was quite cool. But no, you're right. We should probably <laughs> finish the podcast. We're, we're going to go and move over to the uh, to the Patreon episode. So there you have it. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at Guitar Nerds or on YouTube at Guitar Nerds Videos. You can even visit our website, guitarnerds.net, where all our various channels are displayed in all of their glory. And you can even purchase Guitar Nerds merchandise and become a true member of the club this week. We have a submission from Moog Gravit, a, uh, an ode to Mark Packham, a song he's written called Goodbye, Mark, which uh, we're now going to use to play out the podcast. So have a wonderful week, gang, and we'll see you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers, gang.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 